All right, so today on the podcast, I have my buddy, Josiah Van Dien. Josiah and I met, Jesus, it was probably seven years ago. Yeah, seven or eight years ago. And he had gotten called out to do some AP Know Your Lifer bullshit. And I happened to be the person he was photographing. So we kind of, you know, hit it off. He sent me a few texts later Probably a couple months later, I was like, yo, I'm going to Southeast Asia. I don't know anything about it. And we've been fucking chummy ever since. And I'm stoked to have him on the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Josiah. Yeah, thank you for having me. Sick. First podcast I've ever done. And that's fun because you also travel, but in my eyes, like, you do the travel that most of us do, and that's just fucking work. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, you do, you obviously travel. On your own. I mean, I travel... Last year, I traveled 287 days. Exactly. Year. And, and how much of that was on your own? That, no, that's strictly just work. Mm-hmm. I That's travel for work. I mean, I probably did an extra week or two of travel on my own. But at the end of the day, like, most of the time, I don't have time to travel on my own. Yeah. Because it's like, okay, cool, I have a week off in between, you know, a month of like work would I rather go home and relax or go somewhere else and it's like well I've already been to all these places and I know that if I go back to them right now like I'm tired and I just kind of probably am not going to enjoy it no you'll end up sitting in a hotel room or sitting by a pool somewhere and I can do that I don't you can do that at home. do you have yeah. a pool at your house I don't have a pool at my house but I did have a pool at my apartment there you go which I used all the time see so which that's... is kind of one of the things like there's no I could never justify putting in a pool in my house. Like, they're just way too expensive, and I would never use it. But give maybe, time. maybe give, a hot tub. Give it time. There will yeah. be a justification. You can get one of those, like, Scandinavian saunas. Yeah. Are, like, those, they're basically, like, giant wood barrels. I mean, Coleman actually makes an inflatable hot tub for camping, and it's, like, 300 bucks. It's not, not that crazy. So, here in Portland, there's this company called McMinimins. McMinimins? Right. Yeah, so they own like the Crystal Ballroom and they own a Edgefield if you've ever been out there. Uh-huh. Um, but they, they like buy all these historic properties and they put in these like mineral soaking pools. So instead of having like a swimming pool, it's almost like an Olympic size hot tub. Oh, wow. In a lot of these places, they're very like elaborate and beautiful. There's one down the street where it's like only guests of the hotel can stay in and i can't for the life of me remember right now what the name of that hotel is but we stay there on new year's and it is awesome it literally looks like something out of a movie there's one down the street called the kennedy school that pay five dollars a person for the hour and you just soak in this big pool you can bring your boozy drinks and all kinds of shit that's what i would put in my house if i had one wow because you know what having a swimming pool is great but still winter i'm not not going to swim like that's the thing with like swimming pools is like i mean i feel like at 30 like i'm not going to like do laps no like i'm going to like sit by the pool in the sun and enjoy that and then like dip in when i'm hot but but the best part about having something like that at your house would be you can have it open in the winter yeah and And you you can can control the temperature on that too so like it doesn't always have to be hot yeah. Like, you can just turn the heater off and it be, you know, whatever temperature you want it to be. It's like an Olympic-sized fucking toilet. And yeah. it sounds great. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Um, okay, so let's get into these questions. 
we're doing this as the typical 10 question format with some extras because I'm working on extra questions and Josiah's extra special. So that's what my mom says at least. This first question is something Jess asked me the other day and I was sitting at the airport so it kind of made sense and you're just going to have to bear with me. So if you were given $5,000 and a plane ticket to anywhere in the world right now, but you have to take the things you have with you, your stuff that we just bought, right? That makes it a lot easier when, where, when I don't have where would luggage. Where would you go? Man, right now... It would, yes, literally get in a lift and go now. I want to go to Africa. I think that's like either, I don't know, there's two parts of the world that like really interest me and it's Africa and South America. Um, I, I don't necessarily have a destination. Okay. Maybe somewhere in Ethiopia, I would okay. imagine. I mean, I just, I feel like there's very few places in the world that um, their culture hasn't been like stripped by modern technology. Bastardized, yeah. Yeah, like, there's... I mean, that's, like, one reason why I love Japan is probably, like, one of my favorite places in the world that I've been to mm-hmm. is because they have their own culture. Like, they've they've kept their own culture in, like, this progressive world where, like, you know, you go to America and, like, there's not really... You go to different cities and there's, like, subcultures and stuff like that, but there's not one massive culture because everything's been changed. No, because we've, we've literally raped and pillaged. Yeah, Whatever culture there was, of course, and like there's such a, but even like, right. I mean, there never, never really. When you look at like American culture, there really wasn't a thing. Like, there's an American lifestyle, and it's like, yeah, the idea of like having a house that has a nice lawn and you know having kids and stuff like that. But that's not that's not a culture. That's not like it, it's different. It's like, just, it's just more of an idea. It's an idea, yeah. yeah. And like, there's there's just the idea of like going and staying with like a tribe somewhere that like is still doing the same practices that they've they've lived by for, you know, hundreds of years. Like, something like that, that's what interests me. Because I've, you know, I've been to, like, 42 countries or something like that. Which is a fuckload. Yeah, it's a lot of, a lot of countries. But at the end of the day, like, we just go to the major cities. It's like, you know, we were, I think we were talking about this going to, like, Bangkok. And it's like, you've been to so many different places in Thailand, and I've only been to Bangkok. And it's like my perception of that entire country is, is based city. off of Bangkok. Yeah. And that's not a representation of what that country is. No, but Bangkok is a great city. Of course, it's a great place. But it's just like I it's much different than going to um where's the place that you that like have all those temples that's like Oh, are you talking about that? Maybe that's in Cambodia. Maybe Sam, that's in Cambodia. Sam Reap? Yes. Where it's Angkor Wat. Yeah. Um but that's really close, right? Uh, yeah, like... Like, relative to it, traveling it, to Bangkok. If you... I think it's, like, an hour flight, okay. or, like... It takes yeah, a Yeah, that's whole, relatively close. It takes a whole day if you do, like, the train yeah. situation. Yeah. But, like, that, it's going to be a much different, like, experience. Absolutely. Um, and that's... And I think for me, like, because I've spent the last, like, eight years and nine years of touring going to just the major cities, like, that doesn't necessarily interest me anymore. Because, like, I've seen them. Like, what are you going to do in a major city? You're going to go to a bar. You're going to drink. You might see a couple landmarks during the day. You're going to eat McDonald's. You're going to, yeah, you're going to get food poisoning and then eat McDonald's for the rest rest of your stay because you don't want to, like, deal with that anymore. Absolutely. Um, So, you said Africa and South America. Where in South America kind of interests you? That's the biggest thing. South America is more of, like, I feel like that's a long-term goal that I haven't really looked into yet. 
because I know that I don't necessarily have the time to. Um, I just think that the amount of like indigenous tribes in South America that still exist mm-hmm. that like no one really talks about, you know, like you talk, we talk a lot about Africa as like a world geopolitical thing because yeah. there's no, you know, they don't have food. It's there's droughts and famines and all this stuff. So like <clears throat> we constantly talk about that, but like, I feel like South America is one of those places that like no one really talks about in yeah. like big world other than like when a government's being overthrown or like, when- when they're really cutting down the Amazon. Exactly. Like, yeah. when big things happen, we talk about it. But as a whole, like, the majority of it just flies under, like, the global radar. And I think that that would be even more interesting to go and, like, experience. And then finding their ways of life that don't really, like, involve cities and yeah, visitors modern and technology. modern technology at all. And they still live a perfectly normal life to them. Yeah. You know, like, there, there's no, like, I mean, there's obviously, you know, you read stories about, like, like the children leaving and wanting to go do this and explore, but, like, a lot of them don't. Oh. And they, they continue to live that because that's how they were raised and that's, like, their environment. Yeah. I fucking love that. And it, it really makes me wonder, like, how much of our environment is just our lack of culture. You know, like, when you look into, like... Instagram and like all these studies that are done about like depression and whatnot that like come from that like oh, dude it's it insane does does that really just come down to that we don't have a culture that we stuck to that and this is where we ended up from it there's like there's so many different studies and articles and stuff about how it creates like social media creates such depression and FOMO and whatever mm-hmm. the internet term is for it that it's it drives me insane. Like I have a thousand questions and no questions at the same time that I want to ask people about it. And like the last guest I had on the show, she's, she was very outspoken. Like she's been very outspoken about the toxicity of these things, like of especially Instagram. And so like we talked about it for a little while and it's just like, wow. I watched a video about like a, like a mini documentary this week where the guy, it's like a Dutch guy who interviews some dude who runs like a, a like a likes and like bot thing. Mm-hmm. And he said he's made millions and millions of dollars just like giving people likes and of course. getting them followers. Yeah. And that shit's mind blowing to me mm-hmm. because that's, it's, it basically, it's fucking high school yeah, all over again. It's just a, it's a, I mean, the, the fact that that, that industry exists is crazy. Yeah. Like there's. There's farms in, and you'll actually, you can actually get your YouTube channel shut down. Uh, Instagram and stuff like that, I don't think shuts you down for anything like that. But since when there's money involved with YouTube, they'll, I'm pretty sure they'll shut down your account for using those. Yeah. But um, with, I mean, the fact that 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 entire industry exists is crazy. Like, what, because it's not doing anything. You're not, like... It's not like when you look at like okay, I have a brand, or you know, like I'm I'm a model, or I'm you're a, a photographer, tra- a travel a travel, influencer. A travel photographer, anything. Like you're not like yeah, that's cool that you have you know fifty thousand likes on a photo that you paid. I don't know how much. I never really looked into how much that costs. I mean, but it doesn't do anything. Nope. You're not you're not actually getting any more exposure from it. Well, and other I, than maybe one or two people. 
a, a day or two will will see that oh this guy has a bunch of likes so maybe I'll follow him. But you're not you're not really creating an organic brand. And and at the end of the day, if you're trying to sell something and monetize it, there's none of that following is going to buy anything because it's all fake. Well, and that's the thing. Like I think in that documentary, they talk about how people end up buying these things to look good to brands to like make so they can make money. Right. And then try and sell said product. And there was like another guy in there whose job was to like figure out how authentic these people's shit was. And it's like, it's so insane to me that it's gone that far that like you well, have that's, to authenticate. Well, that's the biggest thing. I think there's, there's an app called popular pays and it basically is you, you log into it and you link it with your Instagram, Twitter, YouTube and it sends you offers that companies want to do. Okay. Like, you know, you'll it'll be like, oh, you know, you can get a free mattress or, you know, Subway will pay you, you know, $50 to post about a sandwich. And it's all based on how many followers you have. Sure. And uh, my fiance Sammy was like, we were sitting around talking about it one day and she signed up for it and looked at it. And it her account basically came back, got denied from even accessing it because it because of random posts that I've tagged her in and like reposted to my story because like I have like 360,000 followers. Yeah. So it's like the video of that of us getting engaged had like 20 or 30,000 interactions on Mm -hmm. it. But she posts a photo about, you know, going, I think she go going to Hawaii a couple weeks ago and she'll probably get like 600 to a thousand likes maybe max. But it's like, they looked at that even though that interaction with the wedding photo was 100% organic, Mm -hmm. they're automatically just going to flag that and be like, that's fake because it doesn't match any of your other stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's really interesting. But like, at the end of the day, they they need to do that because that problem exists. Like, why are we going to pay this guy that has, you know, yeah, he has two or three, like, random person that has 200, 300,000 followers, but... All of them are fake, and none of these people are going to see our brand, so we just wasted yeah. – we've literally wasted however much money we paid this guy to do that post. Absolutely, and that's you know, that's why billboards exist. Yeah. Fucking give me a break. Yeah. Um, okay, so moving on. On that flight to Africa or China, mm-hmm. where would you pick? A window or an aisle seat? Aisle seat. Aisle seat? Always an aisle seat. Um, I have no problem getting like I don't really sleep on flights that much. Yeah. Um, so I don't have any problem getting up while other people, people are, when other people are like need to use the bathroom. But I just I hate being trapped. Like because like I know how like crucial like being on a red eye is to mm-hmm. getting sleep. Like normally when we travel like we'll have a day buffer. You know if, yeah. I, if we I, we fly from America to to Europe, it's like we're not going to go straight into work. No. Most people that are doing that, that's not the case. I am going straight into work tomorrow. Yeah. But I'm only going to LA. True. But, like, most of the people, that's not the case. Like, you're going on a red eye. You get in at 6 a.m. You got to be at the office at 8. And I'm not about to wake up a dude, you know, at 2 in the morning who only can get five hours of sleep. That, like, I just imagine that that's what it is. So I'd much rather, like, be be, be that guy. Be the guy that gets up and moves. (laughs) I love it. That's great. Um, okay, so next question is, if you were going to get on a long flight right now, what would be the first thing that you listen to? First thing that I listen to? Um, it can be anything. Music, I'd movie, I'd probably podcast. listen to Julian Baker. What's the Julian Baker? She, so this is a thing, like, I used to love music. 
I can't stand it anymore, so I don't keep up with that. <laughs> um, Julian Baker is like a singer-songwriter. I think she's from Nashville. Okay. Um, no percussion in any of her music. Um, just like loop pedals and acoustic guitars, some piano. Okay. Um, really soft, quiet, uh, mildly very depressing, but like happy it's like it's weird like she has that like like when she sings it it sounds happy and nice but like when you listen to the lyrics like it's kind of dark and sad i like that yeah i like that it's a lot of like different emotions all at once and it's i feel like that's calming either i used to have this thing where i was i when i started flying all the time i was terrified of dying in a plane crash sure um and most crashes happen during takeoff um so I would always listen to a song. Uh, what's, what was it? It was a band called Daughter. They're from England. Mm-hmm. Similar vibe, but they, it's a full band, like female singer. And it was a song called Shallows. Um, I think that's what it was called. And it was basically like, it's a song about dying. <laughs> so like, I just, uh, like in my head, I'm like, I like I'm not special enough to die this ironically. Like I shouldn't. Sure. <laughs> there's no way that I can die while listening to a song about dying. <laughs> there was so when I lived in Florida, and I would always fly home every time the plane would land in Minneapolis. I would always listen to, listen to "Recovering the Satellites" by the Kind of Crows because okay. the, the chorus is "So why'd you come home to this faithless town?" And I just, like, for some reason, one day it happened, and I was like, oh, this is literally what's going to happen every time I land in Minnesota now. <laughs> it's just, it's funny how things like that stick, though, right? Yeah, and I think, I think I got that. I started doing that after, um, I think it was one of the first times I was working for Sean. We were flying from D.C. to Chicago, and, like, I had, I started kind of doing, like, I listened to that song a little bit when I would take off. And then that day I decided not to, and I was just like listening to something else, and our plane was like, oh, we got to go back to the gate, something's wrong with it. And I'm like, okay, this is weird. And then, and then I was like, all right, like, I'm like, this can't be real. I'm going to listen to another song where we do it again. Second day, like, sorry, like, second second time. Second time, like, literally go back out, same plane, sorry, this problem's happening again, we have to go back. And I'm just like, all right, yep, Putting definitely play that song next time because I do not want to stay in D.C. again. I want to go to Chicago. Like, nice. <laughs> so I did that for a while, and then obviously that faded out. That's <laughs> so fucking funny. Um, okay, so what's your least favorite place in the world? Man, that's difficult. It's very difficult. And this guy, go I, ahead, Salt Lake City. Of everywhere you've been, Salt Lake City. Dude, I just, I don't know what it is about Salt Lake City. I just feel weird there. Like, there's... I used to tour with, like, a metal band that was from there, and, like, they just, like... They just have so many crazy, like, weird stories about, like, Mormon religion. And, like, I don't... Like, you know, I have nothing against, like, religion, like, that. Like, but it's, like, they, like... One of them was, like... Yeah, like... I, like, met my half-sister, like... But, like, he went to, like, elementary to high school with her. And... Didn't find out till he was like seventeen that she was her his half sister and like in the city has a, a in like an almost eerie vibe. It does it's like like I'm not I'm not really like a spiritual person, but I feel like that place has a very interesting like spiritual vibe to it. And it's like you kind of walk around and like you know when I used to tour like metal bands and stuff like that, like 
you you look the part, you know, like yeah. you look like you were with a metal band and like I, mean, I was living in a van. You, you know? still like, look like you work for a metal band. I mean, I like to keep that going a little bit, but it's, it's there. It's there. But like I mean, it's also like the economic like I don't know what the word is for that, but um how like Salt Lake City works is like you have like these very rich people and then you have a massive homeless population. It's kind of kind of the same situation in Portland. Yeah. But it's like, it's just such an interesting thing where it's like, because most, uh, when, sorry, when like excommunication's part of it, mm-hmm. you know, like you have, uh, like I really wonder how much the homeless population has to do with the fact that like, okay, you're not going to be part of our religion. Like you, Piss off. you can't live in this house and we're never going to talk to you and we're never, we're not going to support you. Like, I guess I never really thought about that's it. a huge part of like family and life is like I wouldn't be where I'm at right now if my parents didn't like let me live with them while I was touring with bands and stuff making no money like that wouldn't they were a huge part of my support chain Mm -hmm. and it's like yeah like if I didn't have that like I don't know what I would do it's it's like solely based on the fact that I don't believe in your religion like that's crazy to me like yeah I don't know it's fucking weird um okay so have you ever been anywhere that turned out to be totally different than you expected. And if so, everywhere, how? everywhere, everywhere. Um, well, I guess the first, the first other country I've ever been to. So Singapore was the first country that I'd been to, other than the United States and Canada. Wait, really? So you didn't go to Europe first? You went to no. Singapore? I see. I had no idea about that. Yeah, the first time, first time I ever went out of the country was to Southeast Asia with a band called Pierce the Veil. We, um, it was for Soundwave Festival. Mm-hmm. Was like the big. In tour Australia. in Australia, and we did like three or I think we did like three or four shows in Southeast Asia before that. Um, yeah, because this was where this was where our friendship budded. Yeah, it's like I had no idea what I was doing. Like I'd never been out of the country, and I was going to Asia. You know, in yeah. my expectation of Asia, there's there's a lot of places that are like extreme, extremely poor. You know, so. We land in Singapore knowing nothing about Singapore. You know, mm-hmm. I'm from a small town in Florida. This is, I, I'm absolutely no, I just ignorance about what goes on. And we land and we start driving and I'm just kind of like, this place is nice. Like, See? this, this place is really wealthy. Like, I can't afford anything here. And it's like, you like, going around, like, I met, um, uh, there's a photographer named Ryan Chang that, um, he uh, he's from Singapore, and I met him uh, a couple years before that on Warp Tour. He came out to the Florida dates with a photographer named Gage Young, and um, we made friends. And he like lived there, so I like hung out with him the day after our show. And I'm like, you know, like this place seems really nice. Like, take me to like the part that you wouldn't go to. And he takes me to like this market somewhere that like is like, safer than yeah. the worst place in my hometown. <laughs> the, the sketchiest part of Singapore I've been to is, I think it's called Geelong. Yeah, it's basically, exactly. It's basically the, the where, it's basically where all, like, the, the street walkers are. Yeah. And that was... And, like, we went and got dinner there, and, like, it was, a, it was amazing, just, like, mind-blowing having food that I've never, didn't even know existed before. Oh, bro. You know, like... Some of my favorite meals have been in Singapore. Yeah. Great. Amazing food. Um, but yeah, I feel like that was one place that like was just not what I expected. And then there's been plenty of places that like going into it, I thought I was going to hate it. 
and just ended up having the best time ever. I'm trying to think, like, I don't know. Um, there's a lot of places in America that are like that, that, like, I just never really, like, think are going to be fun. I never expected to like New Orleans as much as I did. Yeah, that's one of the, yeah, New Orleans and, is amazing. And it's great. Um, okay, so on these travels, especially to Asia, street food's a huge thing. Do you think street food is delicious, or do you think oh, it's, it's amazing? Gross? It's amazing. It is one of my favorite. There's there's something about I think well, let's see here. Two years ago, we um, we were in Mexico City when that when a really big earthquake happened. Okay, um, and everything was shut down. Like there was no like you couldn't go inside any of the buildings. You had to be outside. Um, we were we were outside for about two or three hours, um, and and we basically had landed about. We probably landed at like 10 a.m. and got to our hotel about 11:30. Earthquake happened probably around noon. I don't quote me on those yeah, times, but sure. like that's but, about but the time was, schedule yeah. that it was. Um, so like we we just gotten in, so like none of us had eaten yet. We just got on a red eye from Brazil to go there, so we were all starving. We were literally going to go meet for food when this happened. Yeah, and um, we ended up. Just like finding one random taco stand on the side of the street that had a propane tank, and hands down, best Mexican food I've ever had in my entire life. Like, I'm I'm a full for everywhere from hot dog stands. There's a if you live in Orlando, there's a vegan hot dog stand in downtown Orlando. Amazing! Give that guy a shout out because that guy deserves every penny that he he, he can get. get. Like, we're actually trying to figure out if we can get him to cater our way that's like, so good yeah just have like vegan hot dog stand like afterwards but Why it's like not? it's a friday night i don't know like he probably makes a killing he probably makes a on, killing on in downtown orange Orlando. or something yeah exactly yeah right across it's right across the street from um the social, the social. yeah of course it is why wouldn't it be like well, that's, that's the busy that's where it is yeah um okay so what's the most interesting thing you've tasted oh man on that first trip to asia i was just that's this is when YOLO was was yeah. I'm using air quotes right now saying YOLO. Um it, it was a thing. So there was I think it was in um I think it was in Jakarta. There was basically a caramelized bug. I don't know what bug it was, but it was it was literally as a dessert. There was like three of them on the table and they were just covered in sugar. And I'm just kind of like I like going into that tour, I basically like talking to my stepdad he was just like yo like enjoy this because like you might not ever be able to go there again yeah and like especially early on in my career as that was it's like i went into that expecting that i was like yo i'm probably not going to ever come to this side of the world again because no one does like as a whole like no one most of america doesn't have passports like Uh, yeah no one's gonna go there and and especially not for free not get paid to go there you know so like i was just whatever like you put it in front of me i'm gonna try it and i hate it okay i I learned that i hated it but nothing bad can come out of it for the most part so you hated the bug loved it it was honestly like it tasted it was just a piece of candy like it was a crunchy piece of candy instead of having like you know like i don't know like crunch it in the middle it was just like it honestly kind of looked like a cockroach, <laughs> but it wasn't a cockroach because I, mean, I asked. It wouldn't surprise me if it was actually. Honestly, it wouldn't surprise me either, but it was really good. Um, okay. So what's one thing you cannot travel without? 
I mean, other than a phone? Your phone is... Nowadays, yeah. Like, I I don't know what... It would just be really difficult. Sure. I mean, and especially with, like, how, how much information is on your phone. Like, translators... Everything like that, like maps, maps, staying in touch. Like yeah, everything. like booking a hotel, like you know, finding decent prices on things, and like con- conversion rates on how much you're paying for exactly. stuff. And it you you got in like you got in late enough that you're so used to having your phone as doing these things. Yeah, well, I mean, first time I went to Asia, there was no it w- it would have cost me a thousand dollars to have my phone over there. Oh yeah, like that wasn't that wasn't a thing. So, but at least I had Wi Fi, you know, and and you could. But you're right because I could download Google Maps mm-hmm. to the entire place. So, um, or I could at least get on Wi Fi and screenshot the maps and figure it out. Like, that, yeah, and that was that's like going back to like some of the first trips I took where it was like fucking. Go to the desk at wherever you're staying. Get the fucking paper map. Draw, yeah. draw a fucking draw your route and figure out where you're going. <laughs> you find some seedy back alley fucking black market money changer who gives gives you basically the even amount and doesn't take fees. Like yeah, all kinds of shit that's gone out the window. But those those were fun. Like because it's yeah, it's almost sketchy. I mean that's that's the part. Of, like when I talk about like going to cities or that I don't enjoy going to other cities is like. I feel like that part of the world is fading because of technology. It truly like, is. There's not, there's, you don't really, well, it's because everyone knows about them. Yeah. You know, like, you know, you talk about like Christiana, Freetown in, um, yeah. in Copenhagen. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the, that's the most touristy it is thing exactly ever. what it is. Like, you know, I talk to guys that are on our crew that are, you know, in their 40s, 50s that like talk about like, I, I say, oh yeah, I'm going to go there today. And they're just like, you're lucky, like you, not a place you used to go. Like they're like telling me about how like they would like the Hell's Angels would have shootouts with the cops, and you just never went there because it was scary. And it's yeah. like nowadays you just go there and there's just like a bunch of tourists. There's tables out there for everyone, and like it's just different. Like obviously, I still enjoy it, but like that's that's something that like I don't know as a as a photographer. Like obviously, you can't take pictures there because like, yeah. that's a big thing, but um. I mean, just in general, like, I feel like the world used to be crazier, you know? Well, like, and the, the, I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, with technology and with the time, changing times. Like, something that I had a conversation with and the girl that was on the podcast that, the, the last time was, is she was talking about, so, you know, you know these, like, iconic Steve McCurry photos with, like, these fishermen on the boat with, like, the big cones? Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Okay, so there's these... Let me see if I can pull it up. But there's these old ass photos where, see if I can find it. There's all these photo. Come on, internet. Um, these. So there's all these photos, right? Of these oh, people, yeah, yeah. people with these cones, fishing in, nets. Yeah, these fishing nets in Myanmar. So you go to this place, right? Mm-hmm. And these people still do this, but it's only for photos now. They don't actually fish this way. Oh, wow. Or there's another place in Sri Lanka where, like, they fish on stilts, but they don't actually fish on stilts anymore. Like, they just do it as a photo op. Yeah. So it becomes this thing where it's like, what the fuck is the point? Um, it's just, it's fucking depressing. Like, yeah. it's just, like, with the way that it changes, you know, people don't have to live their life that way. Yeah. And, like, that's obviously, like, when you look at someone, like, trying to support themselves as a fisher, like, 
fishermen. Like, that's probably better for them. You know, there's probably better ways to fish and, like, more environmentally friendly ways to fish sure. and stuff like that, which is great. But at the end of the day, like, it's still a loss of culture. Mm-hmm. It's still, like, a loss of, like, a way of life. Because you wonder how much, how many of those, you know, someone in their 50s to 70s that still fishes, like... Can, do they still have a job? Or are they going to figure out how to use a use the new rigs? Like, yeah, it's something that's it's an interesting part of culture and how things change because of it. Oh yeah. Um, okay, so this is my favorite question because I I'm a weirdo. Uh, planes, trains, or automobiles? How do you prefer to travel? Automobiles. Why? I love a good road trip. It's just there's something about like. One big part that I miss of touring, even though it sucked, was just getting in a van with like eight dudes and traveling. Yeah, like, but you see the you see so you much. see so much. It was like I still remember one of the first tours I ever did. We drove. Ironically, the tour started in Salt Lake City, and the band was rehearsing in in Jacksonville, Florida, um, and we drove from Jacksonville to Salt Lake City. It was like two, three days of straight driving because everyone just changed over. Mm-hmm. We didn't get a hotel. We didn't stop anywhere. And, man, I remember waking up. I still have a video of it on my phone somewhere. It's like you just – I woke up and we were in Colorado on the plains. Mm-hmm. And it was – there was snow patches. It was in like – it was probably like January, February. So there was like a couple snow patches here and there and it was foggy and like the sun was rising. It was that like – five, six in the morning, and, like, I just remember waking up and seeing that. It's, like, one of those experiences that I'll always remember in my life. It's just, like, yo, this is crazy. Like, how many people do that? Like, how many people get to just see this and, like, actually appreciate it? And, like, just, like, stopping at a gas station and, like, having a random conversation with some dude that's standing outside of his truck because he's bored. Like, because he knows that he has nothing to do because when you get to those places that, like, it's two hours to town. Like everything's scheduled that way. Yeah, everything's yeah. scheduled in like a yeah. I'll, I'll be there when I get there. Like it's not a rush. It's mm-hmm. it's not like fast pace. And there's always just like there's something about just like I mean when you get on a plane like we travel by planes now. Like yeah. all last year I think we were on a bus for maybe like ten days last year. Right. So all last year we were flying and it's like. During flights, like, none of us are sitting next to each other because we all want to get seats that have a middle seat. Yeah. And it never works out that way that you're going to sit next to anyone you're traveling with. Yeah. And you just don't you, – you talk at the airport and then you get on a, you know, four-hour flight and you don't talk to anyone. You put your headphones in. You try to just pass the time by being alone. And it's yeah. like I miss the random, like, oh, like, I'm up. You're up. Oh, I want to crawl back to this – my bench and, like, you know, play – like – cards on a on a cardboard box like like random stuff like that was just so much fun and you really like some of my best friends were made from like i didn't know these people like of course not they hired me from the internet like they literally looked at my instagram and stuff was like yeah this dude's great at what he does let's have him live with us in a van for seven weeks (laughs) (laughs) like let's just Let's just hire a complete stranger to sit in a van for but that's, like and and you and like yeah like sometimes I definitely didn't get along with people that were there of course. but from it like you know I I made some best friends out of it because you just spent way too much time with people and you like because like when you're in a van with someone like yo know, someone's girlfriend breaks up with them it's like 
you're going to talk to them about it. Yeah. Like that's they're, the only they're right there. Like they're dealing you're going to you're going to hear about like intricate parts of people's lives that like no one sh- would share mm-hmm. otherwise. Like n- especially knowing that you don't know that well. Yeah. Like it was it was such an interesting like mind-blowing concept that like and and people still do it. And like that's the one thing I love. Like as much as I don't have time off to do it like you know, in past years when I've had time off, like I've just gone out for free with friends' bands in vans to do that again. It's it's fun. Like it's I couldn't do it extended. Yeah, like I'm almost thirty years old. Like I don't think my back would let me do that. Like, yeah. Um, but like, it's it, that's just such a it. It's a personal thing. Like there's there's, there's still, and I would imagine trains might be similar. Trains, like, is, trains I've never traveled on trains, other than when I lived in Philly and would take, you know, a 40-minute train to New York. That doesn't That's, count. that's not counting. Like, that, that I will take over flying to New York or driving to New York any day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, that's different, I, I think. Yeah, the train, the train's a special breed of human. Yeah. Or, or not human, it's a special breed of travel. That fucking, yeah, there's a, it I takes think, a special person. Um, Sammy, my fiance's parents, uh, mom, or dad and stepmom did that a couple, probably a year ago. They took a train from Chicago to somewhere in Idaho. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said it was awesome. It's great. Like, I took the train from the, in the, the last time I took, the only time I took the train in the States really far is from Minnesota out here, out to Portland. And it was 36 hours or something. It was cool. Yeah. It's great. Um, so with all this, van tour talk and going places have you ever been stranded anywhere stranded anywhere yes i took a mega bus from orlando florida to dallas texas um to shoot a music festival uh one of the worst experiences of my life Dr- took a bus overnight from uh orlando to atlanta waited in atlanta for five hours and Megabus doesn't have, it's not Greyhound, so there's no bus, like, no, there's no building. It picks you You're up just on the street. on the side of the road, drops you off. So I think I, I think it was next to a hospital. So I went and sat in a hospital for five hours because it was like 30 degrees outside. Um, then took a, tr- then took a, another bus from, uh, Atlanta to Knoxville, Tennessee. Yikes. Or Memphis. I'm not sure. One of the two. And it was miserable. We broke down in Mississippi, I think, and it was whichever whichever the, the city I think that's like really close to the Mississippi border um, in Tennessee. Okay, and basically, three or four people on my bus had a trans were on my same bus to Dallas, and our bus broke down at like eight p.m. And our transfer was at, like, 11 to go overnight to Dallas. Mm-hmm. And we basically couldn't get a cab to take us across state lines. Yeah. Like, and the bus was like, bus company was like, yeah, like, we're not, we're not going to get another bus until the next mega bus from Atlanta drove to Knoxville. Yeah. And then come, came back to drive us the rest of the way. It was only, like... It was like a, a 25, 30 minute drive, but the, the bus was broken. No cabs would take us. I ended up talking to some random guy that was like just filling up his gas, like hanging out. And I told him the situation and he's just like, 
well, how much are you going to pay a cab? And we're like, oh, probably like 40, 50 bucks. And he's just like, hell, I'll drive you there for 50 bucks. There you go. <laughs> so we got there and yeah, we, we made our connection. But like that was that was like a miserable, like stranded time. Like <laughs> we're just like, okay, cool. Like, <laughs> fuck, that sucks. Yeah. Okay, last question. If you could travel with one person for one week and then never hear or see from them again, who would the person, who would you choose? Like dead alive? What's be, the context? Dead, dead is nice. Like, okay. cause it literally opens the world to everything, but alive works too. In a non-work yeah, environment? In, in, in any sort of environment. I mean, I think one of my biggest goals in life is to photograph ASAP Rocky on like a level of like traveling with him and doing what I do for Sean yeah. with him. So I don't know. Like I, that guy just interests me, but I feel like you're talking about more of just like a personal level, like yeah, to I hang out with I him. I think it's much more of a personal level. Something in, in my eyes, it would be something that you would, something you could learn from and take with you in that sort of a situation. Hmm. Cause like ultimately for me, it would have been some, it'd be someone like Paul Thoreau, who's an author and has traveled Oh, like his, all his stuff is like overland stuff. He's very, yeah. he's very well-traveled, speaks languages or like Anthony Bourdain would have been another good one. Anthony Bourdain. That's yeah. Cause he knows like he just knew a lot. Yeah. Of shit. Honestly, I've never thought about that. I can't even think of someone off the top of my head that I would do that with. Um, Jake, Jake Chan said George Clooney. George Clooney. I mean, there's... Right? That's hard. Like, is there... That's so difficult. Like, is there, um, is there like, a, a photographer you look up to that maybe you don't ever need to see again? Like... Man. Um, I think Ashton Kutcher would be one of those people. Why... I mean, all of the, like, the amount of stuff that he's done for, um, like, sex trafficking. Sure. Like, that's, like, to me, that's such an interesting thing about him that I feel like, I mean, I feel like a lot of people know about that now. But, like, he kind of just stopped acting to do that. And, like, that's such a, like, and, like, he, I think he travels and whatnot to do that. But, like, that's such, that, like, that's the first thing off the top of my head. I'm sure that I could probably, like... Think of something more crazy, but like that's that's something that like I saw that I'm just kind of like wow that's crazy like that's like, that's like so like noble and like just uh, like not just in like the cheap way that we use the word noble nowadays. No, like, it's like it's, it's like actually taking time out of his life to for a good cause. Yeah, fair. That's something that would would be interesting. Okay. Um, I don't know. I mean, let's go. Vin with Diesel. Like, <laughs> let's go with that. Ashton Kutcher. It's fine. That's it's yeah. so random. It's weird. I love it. Um, okay, so then do you want to promote your social media at all? Um, I do want to ask one thing of you. You can ask me whatever you want. Do you want to be one of my groomsmen at my wedding? Of course I do. All right. That sounds that, great. That is lovely. Yeah. Now I just have to clear a schedule. Schedule cool. cleared. Amazing. Hey, I'm a groomsman at Josiah's wedding. That's fun. Yeah. Okay. I like this. High okay. five. Hell yeah. Now promote your damn social media. All right. Um, my Instagram and Twitter are at Josiah Van Dien, J-O-S-I-A-H-V-A-N-D-I-E-N. 
And uh, that's pretty much it. Do Don't you, really have a YouTube channel. Do you use your website? My website is actually down now. I'm in the process of redesigning it. But when it's back up, it'll be josiahvandine.com. Sick. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks, thanks for, for having me. Thanks for asking me to be a groomsman on yeah. my show. That's fucking baller. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is another episode of This Nonsense. Have fun. Bye-bye. See you later. Thank you for checking out this week's episode. You can get in touch with any questions, comments, concerns, complaints at our email, lostintransitpc at gmail.com. You can check us out on social media, Lost in Transit Podcast on Instagram, Lost in Transit PC at Facebook and Twitter. I'd again like to thank my guest, Josiah Van Dien. What a great pal asking me to be his groomsman on the show. Such a great guy. Stoked to do that. Anyways, that was this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And until next week, get lost. Mm